0: manifestation the way I used to teach it used to really people loved it because it was more of this kind of overnight quick fix like this this quick result you manifest something and it's here and now it's like with God you can't rush the journey it's really a journey of learning to trust and allowing yourself to be cracked open and really trusting the process and when we allow ourselves to do that and we allow God to work in his timing My gosh, it's so much more beautiful than anything we could ever manifest for ourselves because I just truly know that God knows our hearts better than we do and
1: what He wants for us is so much better than what we think we want for ourselves. Hello Seekers, welcome back to the show. Today I'm sitting down with Kristen Jenna and I'm just going to take a couple moments to explain why this has been such a beautiful episode, why I was so excited to record and why it meant a lot to me personally and then also just what to expect in the episode. So I've been listening to Kristen for over three years on her podcast. You may have heard of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I've been listening to her, like I said, for multiple years. She teaches manifestation. She's always been so inspiring with her ability to take giant leaps and have lots of faith. And I just really appreciate her her sort of grounded, soft approach. That's really relatable. And so it's just been one of those podcasts. I don't have a lot of them that I listen to religiously, no pun intended. Um, but I have always, you know, I've listened to her for years and about a year and a half ago, she went through a huge shift. And before this shift, she primarily used the term universe, I would say. And after it was God, she found God, she had some really, you know, um, powerful experiences that she'll talk about in this show and everything shifted. So as I was listening to her podcast in real time, It was like watching this beautiful transformation go down. It also triggered me. It also was uncomfortable, but a part of me felt like it was important to hear and important to open my own heart. So today we're talking about that. We're talking about the journey from universe to God. We're also talking about manifestation, especially from this spirit oriented place, this more spiritual place rather than just the vending machine universe. You know, you hear me talk about this. So it's a really beautiful episode. Her story is incredible. I know you're going to get a lot out of it. I want to say that we have no intention. She has no intention of having you believe what she believes. It's just a deep exploration into the the world of spirit and universe God and what this means and hearing her story is just so powerful. We also talk about manifestation, co-creation in general, how to align with your desires. I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode. It was such a fun one to record and very surreal because I've listened to her for so many years to be able to pick her brain and sit and talk with her just felt so nourishing and powerful. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this. Make sure to check out the show notes and go check out the pursuit of bliss podcast at the time of recording. She's taken a break. So who knows where that's going, but there are so many powerful episodes you can dive into. And I just have included all of her links below so you can check her out. So without further ado, let's welcome Kristen onto the show. Hey, see amplify your intuition, and play in the quantum. We are now besties. Let's do this. Hello, Kristen. Welcome to the show. I am so fangirl excited you're here. Um, how are you
0: today? How's it going? Hi, thank you so much for ha- having me and I'm just beyond excited to be here and I'm really good. I, I, we were just sh- chatting before the show about the topics we're going to dive into and I'm, I'm really excited.
1: Yeah. Um, are your kitties going to make an appearance? Do you think
0: <laughs> I've got one sitting right here in front of me, she is on the table, ready to go. So it is very awesome. possible.
1: Awesome! Um, I love the way um, that you've described on your show of how your kitties came into your life. I've definitely found that with animals. I know the listeners can relate to divine timing for animals to come in and be like spirit guides on earth. It's a pretty powerful connection.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, a million percent. I honestly, my cats are like angels sent directly by God into mm. my life to help me. I. It sounds so cheesy when I say this, but truly I think from mid 2022 to mid 2023 was the most challenging year in my life. And I don't think I could have made it through without my cat. <laughs> I yeah. mean, she just, I would be in like the worst States, you know, crying, whatever. And she would just come lay
1: on my heart and purr. And I swear it was just divine healing. Yeah it's it's crazy how because I don't know if they have ego I'm not sure but because they have that one level less of you know judgment and all this stuff they are just bundles of unconditional love and I had a cat with me for 19 and a half years she was like the one who gave me love when I didn't experience Mm. love and I didn't have it for myself and same thing she just I'd be upset and she just comes out of nowhere and comes and sits on me or beside me and that type of thing my dog now will just lean into me and I swear she puts her heart to my heart I'm like how are You do okay, I'll take it. (laughs) They just they just just know, they just
0: know, and I really think that I mean a lot of us are so uncomfortable, we might not even realize it, but we have blocks to receiving love. Uh, we feel uncomfortable receiving, and I think animals can be a really good way to kind of open that that door a little bit to help us to slowly get used to receiving that kind of unconditional love and I really think it's more healing than a lot of us even realize for you know our psyches for our bodies for our trauma for our
1: wounding for everything Mm. oh my goodness did the topic just change of what we're gonna do I know I'm kidding (laughs) but that's such a good point of how we have such a challenge and I'm sure it'll come into this episode of receiving unconditional love and some people that have been really hurt really traumatized maybe even relationships they go like I don't want relationships I just want my animals like that is my family that is my people or those are my people or it's just getting through that challenging time or the animal feels like another kid in the house or whatever it is but that yeah that receiving of love when you come to the door and they're stoked to see you and you're like hi it's like you you get that opportunity to receive love, even if you've been hurt by humans, it's just, it's yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. It's like the one foot in, you
0: know, for those of us who have a lot of trouble, like you said, receiving it from humans. And the way I see it is, you know, I experienced God's love through my cats and through humans around me. And I think that God knows our hearts and when he's ready to open our hearts and kind of expand us so that we can begin to receive more love, he'll send us whatever experience is necessary in our reality to help crack us open. And for me, part of that experience was my cats. They did help to crack me open and help me to get used to that feeling of receiving that unconditional love. And I think that's an experience a lot of us can relate to.
1: -hmm yeah it is unconditional they do not judge you on the mood you're in you know what you look like like nothing they they don't care how much money you make they just love you they love that you are they just love that you are there and that's yeah you come home from the grocery store and they are so excited you're here or whatever it is and that's just yeah it's so special. Um, it's really cool. And I want to start with everybody because I feel like I could just dive right in with you. I want to hear about your business and, you know, who you are, where you're from. And I just want to say before we get into that, that even hearing you right now and for everyone you know, we'll get into this topic, but hearing you say like God, God placed this, God cracked me open. It's trippy because today that's what we're going to talk about. And when I first started listening to your podcast years ago, you were universe, you were, you know, opening up to universe and all of this stuff. And I never heard you say God. And now that you share more about why I understand more why, but to hear you so confidently and Um, gracefully like claim this is just such a big transformation even just to hear it I just feel almost like your friend like good job because I see that transformation and how far you've um, or or what you've shifted into it's beautiful so for everybody just listening now if you've never heard of Kristen we're going to get into that story and why that's significant and that shift but I first just wanted to say like it's just cool it's really cool to see that shift in you.
0: I appreciate that so much, you acknowledging that because, oh, it has been a journey. (laughs) It has been a journey to get here and to be able to fully claim this and have confidence in myself and my relationship to God. And it definitely has been difficult to make that transition, especially in the online space, knowing that so many people hold onto a lot of pain stories and trauma and wounding around God, just like I did, which is why I was... Um, I'm sure we'll get into it, but that's kind of what pushed me into spirituality and universe. And uh, so it's, it's been a tricky transition to navigate kind of publicly or with my audience, but it's been a really powerful one. And a lot of people have kind of come with me along on this journey and to answer your question about my business and where I am and what I do and all the things, my business started out about what four or five years ago now like you said, as a manifestation, spirituality, focusing on the universe, let's manifest the money, let's manifest the cars, let's manifest the things. And I became really good at that and really good at teaching that and really successful at it in my own life and my business and teaching it. Uh, You know, grew my business to, you know, a seven-figure business, teaching manifestation, and then got to a point, you know, about a year and a half ago, I really started to have this internal shift uh, from universe to God, and it really became apparent to me a year ago. And I basically burnt down my entire business, said goodbye to all of my success because I know how to make, I mean, I could do it again right now. I can make another million dollars doing what I used to do, uh, but it just wasn't worth it anymore because of the way that God touched my life and it just kind of changed everything. And so I've shifted everything. And now my main focus is helping people to reconcile their relationships with God, work their religious trauma. And, you know, it's very similar to manifestation, but now it's co-creation with God. And so that Mm -hmm. looks and feels a lot different, although it is very similar. So that's kind of where my work is now. And it's really like, if God's not in it, I don't want it. Uh, I'm at the point where... I have literally manifested everything I've ever wanted and more in my life over and over and over. And then I've burned down that life over and over and over, realizing that the things were never enough. They really weren't. And I am happier and more content and just more at peace right now in my life than I've ever been, Um, even when I had all of the things in the world. So yeah, it's been, it's been quite the journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to hear, I know everybody would love to hear more about that. Cause I think there's a lot of us that are on that exact journey of like, wait a minute. And you know, I, when I see some quotes on Instagram or whatever about God, I still get this, huh? Even though I didn't have a religious upbringing, it wasn't like, I don't feel like I had much religious trauma directly, but it's that umbrella of like, Christianity and like, okay, so now am I Christian if I'm saying God or, you know, any, all of that. Um, And it is a confusing one to navigate. And it's, it's very interesting. And something else I was just going to say is when you're saying how content and at peace you feel, I'm thinking about the law of attraction. And it's like, well, (laughs) that's actually in the end, what allows you to quote unquote manifest the true soul, God aligned experience. So so it's not like if you choose God over manifestation, you have to stay poor and unhappy because you're no longer manifesting. It's like manifesting is just the art of creation. And if you're in that clicked in place with spirit, with God, then you're going to be quote unquote manifesting the people, the resources, the contentment that you're actually looking for. So I just kind of see that in there as well. It's not one or the other.
0: Absolutely. I mean, a million percent it's, but the cool thing about it is now my life has been, especially in the past few months, I'm in this chapter of just miracle after miracle, like blessings dropping in and manifestation showing up and I'm not doing anything. I'm not visualizing it. I'm not scripting it. I didn't even set the intention for the things that are showing up to show up. It's like blowing my mind. I have never experienced this before because I've manifested all the things, but I was manifesting them actively And now I I got to a place where I was just so content and solely focused on God. And suddenly my life is changing in all of these really beautiful ways that I never expected. And it is like these manifestations, these co-creations with God coming from this place of deep contentment in me. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I had so much faith in God that I was willing to kind of burn down the things that I had built for myself and say goodbye to them when that felt like what God was asking of me. And, you know, just trusting that whatever God removes, he always restores in an even greater way. And he did a million times over. And it's just so much better than manifestation in the way that I used to teach it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's so much better. It's just so much easier. And it's like, I don't have to work for it. It's not my effort. I'm just being Mm -hmm. my main focus is love. My relationship with God, like embodying more love. And the more that I do that, the more my life just gets better without me having to do anything. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been really magical, uh, really. And it's like, it's hard to even put the experience into words. Uh, But, you know, it's, I think, manifestation, the way I used to teach it used to really people loved it because it was more of this kind of overnight quick fix like this this quick result you manifest something and it's here and now it's like with god you can't rush the journey it's really a journey of learning to trust and allowing yourself to be cracked open and really trusting the process and when we allow ourselves to do that and we allow god to work in his timing my gosh, it's so much more beautiful than anything we could ever manifest for ourselves, because I truly know that God knows our hearts better than we do. And what he wants for us is so much better than what we think we want for ourselves.
1: Mm, I love that. This is so beautiful. So I'm going to say here that because I'm kind of somewhere in the middle in my journey of, um, I'm going to kind of, I'll probably say, like i'm just i'm just sort of relating this to how i see things and the the messages that i share with everybody to bridge this gap and help people in this journey It's interesting because as you're saying, you don't have to work for it anymore. It's easier. It's God aligned. It feels like I would almost say like it's soul aligned. It's God aligned, but it's like the soul to me is the halfway point between spirit and us, our physical human. And when I, if I was to say to somebody, when you manifest, when you create from a soul aligned place, it's about what feels nourishing, what feels true, what feels authentic, what feels real. So abundance becomes more than 20k months, it becomes an abundance of friends and sunsets and food and experience and senses, right? It's, it's like that more pleasure filled, I don't know how else to say it. experience um, of manifestation. So it's almost, it's just, yeah, it's really fascinating. And I just kind of want to I'm just like making sense of it as we're, as we're talking about it. So what would you say is one of the biggest differences in either how you used to teach manifestation or just the typical manifestation you see out there? If you Googled how to manifest, right. what's the difference right. between that and what you're experiencing now with creation?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it I mean, it is so similar. and what you're describing this like abundance, right? When we I used to always teach and I still stand by this. when you embody it internally, externally, it's just magnetized to you. It just shows up with ease. But I think what I was missing is that, you know, a big piece of that internal abundance, that internal peace, that internal sense of safety, for me comes from connection to God. And like you're saying that comes from also, Connection to our souls. And the way I see it is the way that we were designed to operate our souls. We're not meant to go through life alone. And you see this in reality, right? Like human beings, we suffer. Our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health suffers if we are isolated from human beings. And in the same way, our soul suffers if we are isolated from God, if we're isolated from spirit. It's a reflection. Everything is a reflection, right? We know this in manifestation. So we literally need to be in union with God, with spirit, in order to have a healthy soul, a healthy spirit, a healthy spiritual life. And so that's what this internal abundance is, returning to our original blueprint the way we are designed to thrive in this world and the way i see it now is like laws of the universe are still real right they still they're very real the quantum realm all of that is very real that's proven and so i just see it now as like god created that Mm -hmm. and so we're not meant to have to figure out how it all works and manipulate the laws of the universe we're meant to simply operate in union with god and in full embodiment of love. And we naturally align with the laws of the universe without trying. And that's like this subtle difference from before. It was like, okay, let me study quantum physics and the laws of the universe and try to think positive thoughts and have high vibrations so that I can attract the right things. And it would work on the surface level, but there would be this subtle undertone of desperation behind the manifestations
1: Mm It
0: wasn't coming from this internal place of safety, abundance, union with God. And now it shifted to, I don't need to know any of that. All I need to do is focus on God, focus on love. That's going to shift everything internally for me without me having to even try. And I will naturally begin to align with the laws of the universe in the way I was always designed to do naturally. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: that begins to change my reality. So Hopefully that makes sense. It's a very subtle shift from self-effort to uh, I'm co-creating with God and he gets to do most of the work for me. And so it becomes a lot easier. There's a, there's less self-effort behind it.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that you, You nailed it. It's like in some ways, typical manifestation is constantly based in lack and scarcity. I must Mm -hmm. get, I must have because I don't. Or even like, you know, way back, not even way back, but a few years ago, it's like I don't want to be in debt. And people started saying, Mm -hmm. well, don't focus on don't. What do you want? And it's like we've come so far, but it's still forcey, forcey, controlly, controlly coming from a place of I don't have. Whereas when you feel the love of spirit inside you, you already have everything you need. And then I love how you brought that full circle. Like now the laws of the universe just work like they always work, but now they just work in your favor without you having to force and control. I talk about this sometimes on the podcast, like you have to force manifest everything. Like, okay, I want the money and okay, I want my health to change. And okay, I don't want to find a lover and I want a new vehicle. And like, that's so much work to have to force manifest every little thing and have a list and a vision board. And, you know, and as you're saying, it's like, when you come into that source consciousness aligned place, then you are just magnetic and the things in the highest good for all Will prevail. That's what I see, anyways. It's like the highest good of all will take over and you don't have to effort so much.
0: Oh, I completely, completely agree. And, you know, it's not to say that we can't have desires or want certain things or want to manifest something. But the subtle difference in that now from where I was and where I am is that before it would be like, okay, I'm going to make a vision board and this is what I want. And I'm not going to stop until this stuff shows up and it would show up and it would work over time, but I would feel burnt out. And when the thing showed up, sometimes there would still be kind of like this void. Like I wouldn't be feeling the way I thought I was meant to be feeling when the thing showed up. And now, you know, it's not that I don't have desires. I do, we all do, but you know, my constant kind of like prayer affirmation is like, God, I want what you want for me and this Mm -hmm. is my desire and I'm trusting that you placed it on my heart and I'm going to follow it and I'm going to move toward it as if it's already mine because I know if it's meant for me, it is already mine. But if this is not of you and it's not meant for me, please remove this desire from my heart uh, and replace it with what you desire for me. And Mm -hmm. that has been kind of like this life-changing paradigm that I'm existing within now because when I look back you know, in the last few years, there's so many things I thought I wanted and I worked so hard to manifest and they showed up. And then only for me to realize, wait, that wasn't actually, it didn't bring me the happiness I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm seeing kind of the shift in this new paradigm, the things that are showing up and being magnetized and co-created and manifested are like, I've never felt this level of contentment and fulfillment in what's showing up. And it is nothing like what I would have asked for a year ago.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's
0: been this like deep, I always talk about surrender, but this is an even, even deeper level of surrender. It's like, yes, I want this, but I'm willing to let go of the egoic part of me that thinks that this is the best thing for me and trust that God, if this isn't for me, just actually remove it from my life completely. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll handle the pain and emotions and the human feelings that come up, but I'd rather experience the pain of losing this
1: now than the pain of realizing years down the line that this was never meant for me. And all the discontent from now until then, that niggle inside that something's not right, that getting sick a lot or being stressed a lot Mm -hmm. or physical stomach pain, you know, it's like, there's a lot that comes up when we are not in alignment with God, with spirit. Um, Yeah, it's huge. So I want to, just because we, Leaped right in and just to fill in some of the gaps for anybody, if you haven't heard of Kristen, by the way, we'll get into this at some point, but definitely listen to her podcast, Pursuit of Bliss podcast. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. But I would like to talk about what happened, what changed. And I know that it's a huge long thing. Only feel, you know, only share what you feel safe to share, but like what was the big change. Cause a lot of people are hearing you going, wow, that is a huge shift. What happened to, if you were manifesting all this stuff, like what happened? So yeah, I'd love to hear that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Gosh, this is like, I mean, do we have three days? It's- I know.
1: <laughs> well, I think you did like a, what four part series on it or whatever. So. I
0: did a four part series on it. Uh, I think each episode was like an hour and a half, um, probably about a year ago. Now I put that series out and uh, a lot has even shifted since then. So Basically, to give a little bit of background before I get into what happened, I did not grow up super religious. Uh, My dad was Catholic, my mom Jewish, neither practicing, both kind of anti-religion, and I started taking myself to Christian church alone in high school. Uh, I think I've always been a spiritual person, always felt a connection to something bigger than me, and back then it was like, well, religion must be the way that I, that's where I go to experience this. I didn't realize there were any other avenues, and I, you know, I think I picked up a lot of belief systems at that time from religion that were not healthy, that were very harmful, fear mongering, or just, I was kind of in this, this religious almost cage, the way I look at it now, it suffocated me and that led me into uh, that led me into a few years of kind of agnosticism or atheism and kind of just rejecting everything because I was so turned off by my religious experiences and just didn't want to believe in a God that did the things that religion told me or a God that acted the way that religion told me God acted. And, you know, looking back, it was just a lot of behavioral modification of you need to try harder and effort more and be a good girl and a better person and follow these rules to earn God's love. Mm -hmm. And that felt icky to me even back I then. So cringy, yeah, saying, it's, it's so cringy, and I didn't fully have the understanding of what it was that didn't feel right at the time. But I knew something didn't feel right, and it pushed me away from religion. And so, you know, fast forward after college, I kind of went into a time period of not really knowing what I believe, but turning away from God. And that's when I found spirituality manifestation, the universe. And it was so amazing because I was able to connect to that something bigger. I always felt connected to, but I didn't have to face this trauma that I picked up from religion. I could feel this like unconditional love in a way and connect to spirituality, but not have to feel like I had to earn love or just all of the ickiness that many of us feel around religion. I could just avoid that. And it was amazing until, and it was enough until it wasn't. And I think that, you know, that time period, the spiritual journey really bridged the gap because I would not have gotten to where I am today with God if I didn't have spirituality to bridge that gap or new age or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Because there was just so much ick and cringe around God and religion that I never would have gotten there. So God really knew what he was doing, guiding me through new age and spirituality it was
1: like the gateway I, drug. It was the gateway. 100%. <laughs> was like, We'll get her hooked on this and then we'll bring her onto the good shit later.
0: A hundred percent. And it's why like, I feel so cringe now when I see, I don't know if you've seen, there's a whole corner of social media or the internet. That's like this new age to Jesus space. And it's so toxic in my opinion, because uh, I see a lot of hating on spirituality, a lot of hating on new age and it's There's just, and it just rubs me the wrong way because I think there's so much beauty and I have so much love for my spiritual journey and I don't regret one moment of it. And it brought me to where I am now and it laid this kind of platform and firm foundation for my belief system that I have now. And I'm really grateful for it. So, with that said, about I would say a year, a little over a year ago, I had. I kind of got to a point where I had everything that I wanted, literally everything. I was living the life of my dreams that I had dreamed, living my vision board Uh, on a surface level. Everything was absolutely perfect, but I was kind of falling apart on the inside. And I hit this time period in my life where everything started to crumble. I had just so much go on, like multiple betrayals showing up. Uh, me starting to feel really disconnected from what I was teaching and just every area of my life began to just slowly crumble. And I hit this point where I just was at a rock bottom I'd never been at before. And I remember like there was this specific moment, like I have this specific moment where everything changed. I was living in Costa Rica at the time. So I was, I had this private spot in the jungle that I knew no one would go to. And it was my crying spot. So I was there and I was just breaking down and I was in this moment of just self-disgust and shame and self-hate like I'd never felt before, just feeling so unworthy and unlovable and all of the things and just breaking down. And I had this moment of like in that moment, the universe wasn't comforting to me it was just like, the universe isn't enough right now. Like I need more than that. And I had this moment of just like, God, if you're there, I don't know if you are, but if you're there, like I need you, I can't get through this. I can't get through this moment on my own right now. This is too much. I've never felt like this. And I had this just like full body visceral experience of just God dropping in. And I literally felt arms wrapped around me and something in my heart shifted. And in that moment, I just felt this overwhelming sense of just feeling so loved in my most unlovable moment I've ever experienced in my entire life. And feeling God loving me in that moment when I felt just like, I just felt like dirt in that moment, it changed everything. It just, from that moment forward, it's really hard to explain because it was just such a visceral experience, but it it changed my heart. And after that, it was like, I wanted nothing more but to experience more of that moment, more of what I now knew to be God. Because like, I think we talked about this before the podcast is I had this kind of realization that like the universe can't love me in the way that God can, right? Like, and you even said this yourself, right? Like the planets can't love me. They can't put their arms around me. Uh, it's not relational, and it just felt like God like really saved me in that moment. And from that moment forward, I chose to kind of, all right, let me just like test this out. What if I were to just start from scratch with God and let go of everything I thought I knew about Him that I learned from religion, from society, from Hollywood? Like, let's just let all of that shit go and start from square one because what I just felt. That was not the God I learned about in religion. That was not the God I thought I was talking to in high school. That that was That's not the same. This is something completely different. And so it kind of forced me to create a new paradigm around what I believed about God because that unconditionally loving feeling did not fit in to my idea of God. So I started from scratch, and it was kind of this experiment. Like, I'm going to just submit my life fully to God and see what happens. And that started kind of this crazy journey of my life being completely burnt to the ground and starting everything completely over from scratch. But it's brought me to where I am now where, yeah, I would have never in a million years guessed that I would be where I am now in the life that I am now. And it is like, Oh my gosh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm. Like God really just, uh, worked miracles in my life. And I'm, I'm so grateful. And but it took a lot, like a lot of struggling with the concept of God and a lot of working through the cringe and the ick and the religious trauma and really rewriting, um, my belief system around who God is to me. And, uh, yeah, but it, it changed everything.
1: Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing so many times I was covered in like all of the goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, and I love this concept that keeps coming up that I hear you continue to say is like burning down to the ground, starting again, burning down to the ground and starting from scratch with spirit this time. And it's like God burned down even what you thought about God to start yep. to start from scratch. And that is just sometimes, you know, we just have to let go of what is not working in our lives. And sometimes it's internal beliefs about ourselves. and, you know, everybody listening, this is challenging them if this is calling to you to look at your relationship, that you, the ideas you have around God, especially if it, if it causes that ick and that resistance within you to kind of question, is that society, is that what humans have said God is, or is that your direct firsthand relational, as you said, experience with God? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to ask now that you've come out with this, what are some of the religious traumas? Like if someone's like, how do I know if I have religious trauma? Maybe I just don't connect to God. I don't know. Like, how do we start to know what is religious trauma? Like, what do you see in clients or in yourself in the in your community? How does that show up?
0: Well, I think it can be religious trauma. And like you said, it can come from, you know, other areas it can, it can come from anywhere. It doesn't necessarily need to be concepts that come from religion. For me, it was, and I've worked with a lot of clients and that's where their beliefs come from, where, you know, they've seen people in the church who are supposed to love God, but reject them because of their sexuality or their beliefs or them, the color of their hair, or, you know, we've all either had a painful experience in religion, or we know someone who has, or Mm -hmm. we've met someone who's supposed to be living uh, through God's love, who, is actually racist or homophobic or the most judgmental person they've ever met in their lives. We've all seen that. And so we all receive some sort of skewed vision of who God is through the people who are supposed to be walking with God and claim to be walking with God, but truly aren't. So that can create kind of these false beliefs around God. I would say religious trauma is more when we personally have experiences, um, that create trauma like being rejected from the church or there's a million different ways to look at it and I don't really want to get too much into religious trauma specifically because not everyone will resonate with that experience but what I think is important to ask yourself is not do I have religious trauma specifically but how do I feel when I say or hear God what comes up what are the thoughts and beliefs what is the ick and the cringe and I think it's really important to not run from the ick and the cringe Or the anger, or the hate, or the blame, or whatever comes up. When I was kind of, like you said, God burnt down my idea of God. When I was going through this experience, I had a lot of anger toward God. A lot. A lot of my anger was I've had uh, patterns in my life of men constantly betraying me and abandoning me and just feeling so hurt by the masculine in my life throughout my entire life. And I didn't even realize I had this, but what we tend to do is we tend to project our experiences with the masculine onto God. Mm -hmm. A lot of us um, unconsciously or consciously see God as a masculine figure and therefore project our experiences with earthly masculine onto God. And so Mm -hmm. all of the pain I felt around the men who had treated me badly my entire life or, or created, you know, harmful experiences for me, I was angry at God for allowing that and I was angry at God for um, putting men in my life who didn't treat me right, and so I had to get all of this anger out. And I I remember having these moments where I would just scream and cry at God, I'd be like, "Why did you let this happen? Where were you?" And just let it all out. And it's important to remember that God can take it, and you cannot start from scratch with God unless you let out everything that you're feeling you have to let it move through you. You're not going to be able to get to a space of love unless you release the anger, the pain, the grief that's already built up inside of you. And when I began to finally let myself experience all of that and it moved through me and what it really was, was underneath the rage and anger, there was grief, a lot of sadness. And I remember having this moment after one of my big emotional releases, and I had this kind of like vision of God being like, Kristen, I never left you. And he took me through all of these moments where I was just at my lowest and feeling like I'd been abandoned or betrayed by a man and feeling unloved. And he just showed me uh, a vision of myself and and a lion there protecting me. When I was a child, I always saw God as a lion for some reason. Mm. So he used that visual image and just showed me these moments of me. And he's like, no, I was there. Look, I was there with you. You might've had your back turned to me, but I was still there. And something once again shifted inside of me. And I shifted from grief and anger and rage into just, um, allowing myself to feel loved and feel the love that was there the entire time. And, uh, it really changed a lot for me. And so the reason I'm sharing this is because you cannot move through religious trauma or any trauma or wounding you have around God without feeling whatever is there. And Mm -hmm. so I would ask yourself, what is it that I feel about God? What's actually there? And am I willing to sit with it? Am I willing to express it? Am I willing to journal on it or speak on it or just like surrender that up to God? Uh, And I think that we're so used to human relationships where we're too much If we let out all of our anger and rage and grief, if we scream at someone, if we cry, it's important to remember that God is not human. I see him as a all good, all all benevolent, all loving, almost like father figure, uh, more perfect than any human we've ever experienced. And there's nothing that we can do or say that can change the amount of love he has for us. Absolutely nothing. But in order to actually begin to believe that, we have to experience it which means we have to take that risk and it can feel risky for those of us who aren't used to it. That risk of actually fully expressing everything that feels like it would be too much. And the experience of doing that and then feeling loved on the other side of that is absolutely life-changing because that's what unconditional love is. And we can't feel unconditional love if we're only conditionally expressing ourselves. Mm. Um, So I think that's the most important piece in moving through any kind of trauma around God.
1: Mm, oh, my goodness. Oh, so many's a lot. <laughs> it's just like so many points where I'm like, yes, yes, I want to expand on that. It's so that is so powerful, just the way that you say that. And if we are not willing to show our quote unquote, ugly parts or too, uh, uh, too intense or needy or mad or rage, whatever. How can he unconditionally love us? It's like, if you're in a marriage, the unconditional love is it's better or worse. It's not just on your good days or only show your good side. It's actually being there. Like you said, on those unlovable times in, in those unlovable times. And, um, those, those times when you feel unlovable, I should say. And that's just, oh, that's just so powerful. Um, it's interesting when you were talking about what comes up and being really straight up when I was listening to your series about a year ago or more, and then, I feel like you kind of dropped it in like the last one. It's like, oh, and by the way, this was all leading me to like find God. And I remember I was like, (gasps) almost like, no, not her too. Is this (laughs) going to turn all Jesus-y? And it really triggered me. But I love how you said the important part is to stay in because what I chose to do is because I'm in this world of sort of self-awareness and all of this, I, I immediately witnessed it. I was like, huh, that's interesting. And I kept listening and I kept listening to you and the way you were describing and sharing your journey and you, Helped me to like open up to that because what was coming up was judgment. And that's what I felt spe- um, God did as you, as we kind of touched on is like judging you if you're not Doing things right, judging you if you get married or have sex before marriage, judging you if you are this or that. And that's the part. And then I would experience, just for anyone listening that can relate here, judgment from quote unquote Christians, with that, like, oh, we feel so bad for you. Like, hopefully one day you'll let Jesus in, like, oh, poor you. And I would feel this, like, whoa. It made me feel so cringy. So as you were talking, I was realizing judgment was the biggest thing that I felt if I let. God in he's going to start judging me and so it kind of kept me going like God isn't not saying not real but that was kind of the disconnect of like that doesn't feel right that doesn't feel real so I'm going to reject the entire thing but now dissecting this and looking at it it's like the God I know now as you're saying is is good is loving can take anything and is not judging so it's just interesting you know for anyone that feels similar about judgment that's a big theme if you were brought up with relig- um, religion that can be something was that one that yeah. you experienced was like feeling oh, yeah. judged
0: Totally. I completely. It wasn't the biggest one for me, but it was because a big part of my high school religious experience was this purity culture. And I remember, oh so icky. I remember going to a youth group when I was maybe, I don't know, 14, 13, 14, 15, and they were talking about not having sex and they gave us this little piece of paper and we took notes and filled in the blanks on like how to convince our friends not to have sex. And I remember taking it to school and sitting in my car and studying it before going into school so that I could talk to my friends and convince them not to have sex. And I just was so brainwashed in that moment and obviously came out of it and realized it eventually, but I was so young Mm -hmm. and I look back and what did I learn from that? Like I learned that sex is dirty and bad and I should be convincing everyone not to do it and just oh, it just sickens me because obviously like sex is beautiful. God created it. Mm -hmm. And I just, there were so many just toxic beliefs that I learned about sex that were so untrue. And, you know, now I know that I don't trust anything anyone tells me unless it goes straight to the source. Like it's got to come through God first. I trust my intuition and my personal connection and relationship with God above anything else in this world. Um, But that wasn't always the way. So yeah, the judgment uh, is definitely a really big one, I think for a lot of people and something really beautiful that a friend of mine told me who actually know that God brought her into my life. She helped me a lot with my journey from kind of working through a lot of religious ickiness in the past year. Something she told me was that, you know, Kristen, if there was someone who was playing a Mozart piece on the piano and they were absolutely butchering it, you wouldn't blame Mozart, you would blame that person. And she's like, Mm. it's the same way now. You see all of these people butchering the teachings of God and the way of God, and you blamed him. But it's not God's fault, it's Mm. them, right? And that just like, whoa, shook me awake. And I was like, you're right. There's Mm. so much that I've been putting on God and I've turned my back on God, unwilling to even have this personal relationship to see who he really is. And so I began to ask God, okay, God, like, I still have this ick toward you and I don't really want to have it, but I do. So open my heart, like show me who you really are. I'm, I'm willing. I'm not there yet and I don't trust you yet, but I'm willing. So just show me. And so Mm -hmm. he began to, began to send me the right people, the right experiences, the right resources. And uh, I think that was an important piece in my journey too, is like just, acknowledging where you are and acknowledging that it's okay to have it toward God. And it's okay to not trust him yet. And it's okay. But if you're willing to just open up a little bit, like, all right, God, show me, like I'm willing because he'll work with that. Um, And he knows your heart and he knows where you are and he knows the best path to guide you down, you know, to where you're meant
1: to be. Uh, But we have to be willing to open to that. Hmm. I love that. And I hear in that for the people that go like, okay, so what do I do? How do I connect? You know, how do I connect? How do I create this? And I'm hearing you saying like being really authentic, sharing the ick, sharing the anger or the resentment or the, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm kind of wanting to be, you know, and I'll say that to people with uplift. Like there must be a way or I'm open and willing, you know, I'm open to creative possibilities. It's like that kind of prayer of like, I'm willing, but I'm not quite there. And that's so authentic. So many people, you know, I I tell them, I told my clients, you can talk to your spirit guides, like people be like, come on guys, what is up? Please help me. Like, it doesn't have to be this divine sort of perfectly pledged prayer or whatever, but just saying like, this is me, this is authentic. I want to be closer to you, but I'm just not sure. Um, And I just really love that. One thing also that I wanted to bring up through that is that it feels like religion is the access for a lot of people to God. So when people that are resonating with this want to find God without the religion, not anti-religion, not, you know, not taking anything from any teachings, not necessarily extreme like that, but you don't need religion to find God. And I'd almost like to hear you, um, your take on that of like, religion doesn't have to be the access to God. You can find God on your own, independent of any religion. Um, yeah. What comes up for you with that?
0: Yeah, I know. I completely agree. And the way I see religion is you're really learning, um, about a particular person, typically a man's personal relationship with God rather than from God himself, because, you know, even when we look at Christianity, there's thousands of flavors of Christianity. It's, I had no idea really until I really started studying religion the past year and realizing that being a Christian two Christians can have completely opposing beliefs. There are so many flavors, so many translations, so many ideas about what it means. So when you're learning from a certain religion, uh, you're not learning directly from God. You're not even necessarily building your relationship with God. You're learning from someone else's personal experience with God. We don't know what their heart is like. We don't know what their psyche is like. They could be simply projecting their trauma and wounding onto God mm-hmm. and then, you know, teaching that. And so it's important to be, I don't want to say, or like be hating on all religion. There are some really healthy religious spaces, but it's important to be really intuitive uh, about which spaces you allow yourself to be in. And uh, yeah, I think it's important first and foremost for anyone, whether you take the religious route or any other route is to put your personal relationship with God above all else and to build that first and to learn to trust that relationship first and if you do choose to put yourself in a religious experience or even a spiritual community any kind of community uh, to make sure you have a solid personal connection with god first mm-hmm. and you know what your beliefs are because you already figured that out and wrestled with god first because if you're going into a religious or spiritual space from a place of i'm empty waiting to be filled, you're going to be really vulnerable to being conditioned with whatever belief systems are going to be fed to you. Even if you're aware of it, conditioning can still happen even with awareness. So it's really important to not go into these spaces from a place of, I don't know, please show me and to go directly to God. And, uh, yeah, I think that religion, not all religion, but a lot of religion is honestly like the number one enemy, uh, to God's love in this world. And it's number one reason why so many of us are so distant from God's love. And even in religious experiences, I see people who are actually worshiping a book, right? They have a relationship with a book. Uh, with the bible and that's not to say that there's not beauty in the bible, bible and value in the bible there is i like to read scripture but i see people who have a relationship with the bible they don't have a relationship with god mm-hmm. and that's a big issue that i see and then we can get into translation issues and all of the issues within how we're reading scripture and that builds someone's belief system and their vision of god and you know before you know it uh you know, they have this really firm foundation of perception of the world, and it's not coming from truth. It's not coming from love. It's not coming from God. And they become those religious people who push others away from God because they're judgmental or whatever the things are. Yeah. Um, so or I even could talk just- all day about this.
1: Yeah, well, this is perfect. Um, Even just willing to fight to the death to, you know, for my God, like even that, I'm like, that's not unconditional love. (laughs) Like, I just want to say, because it's like, I'm so convinced or studying, you know, how you can convince others to either not have sex or bring them over to your religion. Like that to me does not feel like unconditional love that feels like coercion and cultish like behavior and whatever else. Um, But I just really love this. And I feel this is really important for my audience for some reason, um, because it just feels like you don't need religion to find God. You can, you can use it. There are times I go to church on Christmas and I just feel so filled with love or go to somebody's church or visit something that I feel that connection. And other times I walk in and I'm like, I do not feel that connection. And so it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the building. Or I love how you said, like, it's not the book in the book is truth and is a lot of wisdom. However, like you said, it's a translation, it's one person's experience, it's all the things. Um, and that feels really powerful. Um, I, I was in, I'm inspired to just bring up, one of my main teachers have been Wayne Dyer since I was reading his books when I was like 14. And the really cool thing about him is that he talks a lot about manifestation, but he always talks about manifesting from a God-realized place. That's what's under his message. And I was always hearing it like, okay, but how do I make the 20K months? And okay, but how do I manipulate the Jeep into my reality? Cool. And and when I was reading it at 14, it wasn't necessarily that, but it was about kind of like manifestation. How do I get stuff? And the more I walk this path, I'm about to turn 40. That's probably part of it is like, you just get experience perspective. And now it is this gold of, yeah, creation, as we're talking about at the beginning from this God realized place. And as you just said, it's about the God realized first. It's about creating your unique connection, knowing God first for you, and then going into your other things and going into meditation groups or studying books or whatever. And this is just recommendation, everyone walk your own journey. But I just really love how you said that because The religion doesn't necessarily contain God, but it can, if you bring God to it. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes.
0: Yes. 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 Preach.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's it. It's like we, the firm foundation with God only comes from your personal connection with God. You cannot get that from religious or any other space. And I do think that having a community, which is why so many people love religion is having a community is very powerful and, and can be very helpful. Um, but yeah, it, it just, your connection with God has to come first. And speaking of it, you talked about you like going to church sometimes, like there's nothing I like better than a good worship session in a church. Like, I love that. Yes. That seeing and like, I love God. I love mm-hmm. to do that. But, um, yeah, you do need to be really careful because just because they teach about God does not mean that God is in their hearts. There are so many people who claim to walk with God who don't know God, uh, at all. Uh, who are so distant from God like I've met some pastors who oh my gosh are further from God than some atheists that I know I believe that I know some atheists who are actually closer to God than some pastors that I know that I've met and known personally it's just where you claim your beliefs to be doesn't say anything about your heart posture and, and your personal walk with God so um Yeah, I think it's really, really important. Even if you're already religious or you're not religious at all, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, just really ask yourself, what is my personal relationship and connection with with God outside of any paradigm or any belief system or any community? What is it like when it's just me alone by myself when I'm connecting to that higher power? Do I feel like that there's a firm foundation and a strong connection there? And if not, great, that's fine. But that's that's the best place to start. Not the books, not the podcast, not the, the religious experiences,
1: just you alone connecting with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that. And I would like to just explore that a little bit more. What does that mean? If someone was working with you and they're like, in, where you were, I have a little bit of stuff, but I'm open. What does that mean to spend time with God? What does that mean to you? It's it's going to be different person to person. I mean,
0: it can literally look like sitting alone and praying or talking to God out loud or journaling. Uh, or maybe that's like I, we talked about in the beginning, I experienced God through my cats and through other people, God works through his creations, right? He created us. He created the whole world in my belief system, how I perceive the world. He works through his creations. So maybe it's going on a walk in nature and like, just really, you know, we know from manifestation, our, our perception creates our reality, our beliefs create our reality. So you can just even kind of ask yourself or pose this question to your mind, like if God was all good and all loving and truly did love me, um, how would I perceive the world around me? And just going through your day like that and noticing the moments where something beautiful shows up and being like, oh, wait, that was God, right? Mm -hmm. Like we get to commune with God, not just through like prayer sitting by ourselves. That can be one way but through the world around us, realizing that God is in everything. And we are always communicating with him. Like life gets to be a living prayer. It's not just the moments where we're actually consciously praying or speaking to God. So just experiencing your reality in that way and beginning to look for and seek out God as he truly is, as the love that he truly is in your life. And I do think it can be powerful to set set aside moments in your day where you are actually talking to God or praying or journaling to God and just sharing what's on your heart. Uh, I talk to God out loud in my car. Usually (laughs) it's like my thing, Um, but everyone's going to have your own way. Just like we learned to communicate with the universe or communicate with your spirit guides. You know, we all have different love languages, different methods of communication. So you're going to find your unique way to connect with God um, but really just setting that intention and opening your heart to it. And once you're open to it, God's going to begin to communicate with you. You're not going to be able to even, you won't be able to push it away. Uh, mm-hmm. I gets to be a co-creative experience, connecting with God is not just us. Like I said, praying It's co-creative. It's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes both
1: ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And it reminds me of like, God is love. You know, I used to see that in my atheist stage. I would see that like bumper sticker. I'm like, Ugh. The hell does that even mean? Like I would just be so like, God is love. What are you talking about? And now I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Because that is somewhere, if you don't know where to quote unquote look for God, it's like when you get that feeling of love, like when you're like you sitting on in the jungle feeling unlovable, something washes over you. It feels physical, it feels calming, it feels warm, tingly, whatever it is for you. That is love. And when you feel that rush come over you or that whisper of this, like you're doing a good job, but it's so deep, it's not surface conscious. It's like, I've got you. That to me is like, Oh, that, where did that come from? Right. If you want to almost like that to me, or those are those moments where it's more clear that I am physically experiencing God in this moment yeah. because it is love. So it's almost like looking for love, looking for opportunities to forgive or to be compassionate. Sometimes even with my kids, if I'm overstimulated or overwhelmed and I'm like, please just like give me compassion right now. Cause they need a little bit more out of me. And then I, you know, then they're going to bed or whatever. And I'll get this wave of like patience. And then I'm like, okay, sweetie, what's going on? And it's kind of like, I didn't do that. That wasn't me going, okay, now we're going to be patient Talia. shove this aside. It's like, help me. And then I feel this change. As you said, in your heart, you said something about like, it changed your heart. It changes the position of where you are. It's hard to put it into words, but it's when you experience it to me anyway, it's like, that was powerful. I didn't do that. I asked for help. And then something changed me that's that experience of like, yes,
0: that's it. That, and this is what religion gets wrong is religion pushes behavior, not all religion, but a lot of mainstream religion pushes behavior modification. Mm. This like legalistic view of God. And, uh, you know, you, we just have to try harder and be better. And it's just so, it's just so wrong because like you said, the love changes you. Right. Like we don't need to focus on our behavior or our self control to change and become a better person or whatever, whoever we think we need to be to earn God's love. It that's actually backwards. When we open up and we're filled up with love, that love literally changes our hearts. And it's not us, it -hmm. changes our desires, it changes what inspires us, it changes everything, it changes our identity, changes everything. So the love changes us from the inside out. And so religion is going about it backwards. And uh, you know, I also like what you're saying about, you know, feeling God in the moments where you feel really loved. And, you know, I think this is something I also tell people in the beginning, when you're trying to connect with God, two things. Number one is, you know, notice the moments where you feel really connected, right? Like for me, it's like when I'm watching a sunset, And it just feels like out of this world and it's so beautiful. And I feel so much love in those moments and just acknowledging this is God. Mm -hmm. Like this is an experience of God. He is in this, Mm -hmm. uh, acknowledging those moments. And the other side of this is that if we expect every experience with God to be this really visceral, spiritual awakening, fully loving experience, um, we're, we're getting it wrong a little bit. And I think about it, like, you know, think about the person that you love, the most in the world or who, you know, that loves you unconditionally in your life. And, you know, you're not going to be viscerally feeling their love every second of every day. Maybe when they send you a text or they give you a hug or you see them, but every second of every day, you are not viscerally feeling their love, but it doesn't mean that they're not loving you. And it doesn't mean that they're not there in your life. And it's kind of that you don't
1: know, like, I know my husband loves me, even though he's out at the bank, whatever, you still know it, even though it's not, Right there, Exactly. And I think that sometimes we get so
0: attached to these visceral experiences. Mm -hmm. And this is why, you know, plant medicine is so popular, because you get to have this real felt like visceral experience of God or spirit. And it can be really beautiful. And it can like awaken you in that moment. But it's important to remember that even when you're not feeling God or feeling God's love, it doesn't mean it's not there. Just the same way when your husband's at the grocery store. You're not freaking out that he suddenly
1: doesn't love you because you don't feel it or you don't see him. And it's the same with God. That is so good. I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's true. Like it's not always, you know, I laugh because like often spirit will say to me, like, I can't just like part the clouds and drop a billboard from the sky in front of your car. Because if you did, if I did, you'd think you're going crazy and you'd be committed. It's almost like That's not what it is, is this descending blah, blah, blah. There's crazy synchronicities, feelings, signs, things like that, that are very real. But it's a subtle frequency through everything. And it's a subtle frequency that when we start to see it, like you said, God's in a sunset. I was thinking about how... I'll eat an organic apple. And I'm like, good one, good one, God. Like I think about like just the miracles that are given to us. It's up to us to see God in the apple, to see God in the sunset. And then we get to have that more consistent, full experience because we are also meeting him. It's, it still feels a little weird to say him. That's just my stuff, Mm -hmm. but meeting him where he's at because we're choosing to see the miracle in the trees in the changing seasons in, you know, the fact that we woke up and we're here and this is a freaking miracle. Like that is where we do the work to find spirit if we want to call it work. And then once we are seeing life as it is like that, then it's like, Oh my goodness, it's everywhere. God is in every yeah. plant and every sunset. And yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like
0: it, cause it's us, you know, maybe doing the work, I don't know how else to put that, but it's us making the conscious choice to see mm-hmm. and acknowledge God in everything. And the way I think about this is, right, let's say um, you have a a mother or a father whose child is, you know, a teenager or whatever, they're growing up and they become, uh con- they enter a cult or something who convinces them that they're mother doesn't love them or their father doesn't love them anymore. And their mother or father is out to get them and is really a tyrant. And so even though their parents are conditionally loving, they've been kind of conditioned to believe otherwise. And so they, you know, block their mom on their phone, they get a new number and they move and they disappear and they turn their back on their parents. And it's kind of like what we do to God. And so, you know, that parent is never going to stop pursuing that child. They're never going to stop trying to find them. They're never going to stop loving them. They could have, you know, an inheritance to give them. They could be wanting to bless their life. But if that child has disappeared and blocked them, you know, there's nothing that that parent can do other than continue to love them and pursue them and try. And it's the same thing with us, with God. And it's like, God is always pursuing us. But as long as we're being that rebellious child who's turned their back and blocked God, we're not going to find him. You know, we're like waiting for all the blessings that drop in and for, to just feel that love, but we're not seeking it ourselves. Mm. Like we've still, we have God blocked and that's kind of the way I see it. God is always pursuing us. God is that loving parent, but we need to choose to unblock God. We need to choose to turn around and seek him. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's when we open up to receive all of these blessings, just like that rebellious child that that parent could literally be like, I have so many blessings to give you to improve your life. But if you're, you know, turning your back on me, I, I cannot, no matter what I do, I can't push past your free will and force you to receive this. And it's the same thing with God. So it is that important piece of we need to choose to seek God, to acknowledge God, to face God, to see God in our lives mm-hmm. uh, because we have free will. And if we're blocking him out, we're not going to receive all of the goodness that he does have for us. Because I do believe and have experiences to be true that, you know, God's not holding out on us. I don't believe God is ever holding out on us. I believe We tend to be the ones who are holding out on him and turning our backs Mm -hmm. on him. And God loves to give us beautiful gifts and bless us. And uh, what loving, perfect parent wouldn't want to give any child of theirs that they love unconditionally beautiful things and to bless their lives. But we need to choose to face God again. Um, And a big part of that is like in the little things. Seeking God in the sunset, seeking God in that moment. You're eating that organic apple, or washing your hands, or in the little moments. Um, those little, those little moments they they create, they open us up to the big moments.
1: Mm-hmm. I love how you say God doesn't hold out, and that's your perception. It's us holding out. And I just got this flash of like, we're looking for this unconditional love, yet we are also conditionally approving of God. So I just was thinking of, say, you're in a relationship and it ends. And even how you touched on, like, why would God do this bad stuff to me? Maybe somebody cheats on you and we go, why would God do this to me? Like almost blaming instead of the perspective of why might God have brought this into my life? And then maybe that person, the more you look, there was deceptive things. They weren't right. God was actually removing them from your life, but we immediately look and go, we'll see. God effed me over again. This isn't. And so we're actually in a conditional game of not being able to see how could this maybe be a blessing? How could this maybe be serving me? why could this have been brought into my life to benefit me but not just ego me like to to help me to guide me whatever and so we're kind of looking at it picking and choosing well if god exists then i'm gonna find the end of the rainbow with that sack of cash because clearly that's how he would show me exists or something and like if he existed why would he have my spouse cheat on me it's almost just like we are going at it with conditions but then expecting unconditional love back and going like where's my unconditional love you know It's almost like it's a relationship. As you said, if I was doing that to my husband, expecting him to love me unconditionally, but me judging the hell out of him and also going, why did you do that? And why did you do that? That isn't. So it's like, we also have to, that work we're talking about isn't work the way we think it's work, but it's our job to come to this place where we are open to receiving God in the apple and as yes. we're talking about and in the failed quote unquote relationship and yeah. the career that crumbled where's God there yeah. because that's I love that that's brave to look at it It like is. That.
0: it's brave and it's scary and I think that the beauty in that is You know, even when we are closing off and we're being conditional, it does not change God's unconditional love. What Mm -hmm. changes is our ability to feel it and open up to receiving it Mm
1: -hmm. because,
0: you know, we, most of us learn at a really young age that we have to earn love in some way. And so when we're showing up in a way that we don't perceive as being perfect or good enough, we automatically close off. We automatically judge ourselves as not good enough to receive love. Uh, and so in those ones where we're being conditional or judgy or nitpicky or whatever the things are, we're actually just closing ourselves off to receive love oftentimes, like the walls are going up and we're judging, like we perceive others as judging us, but really we're judging ourselves is not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so the beauty in it is like, we don't even need to change the way we're showing up sometimes and we're showing up conditionally. It can be enough to acknowledge that and say, okay. How can I open up to receive love here and let the love change me rather Mm. than how can I stop being so conditional? Let's accept exactly how I'm showing up, even though it's imperfect. Let's accept this as being okay and let love in right here. Mm. And so the question that I'm always asking myself is, okay, how can I let more love in? How can I open up to more love right here, right now without changing who I am or how I'm showing up because the love will change me. Mm -hmm. And that's like shifted the whole game for me because suddenly it's not this healing cycle of I need to heal myself anymore. It's just, okay, wait, me and all my mess and all my chaos and all my pain and all the things I do wrong and all my conditional loving and all of that, it's okay. I like have full permission to be fully and perfectly human and know Mm -hmm. that I can be loved here. And that love actually inside out changes me and helps me to like become who I actually want to be through all the healing I've been trying to do, but it happens effortlessly. So it's just, yeah, yeah, it's a whole different ballgame.
1: Yeah. That is so powerful. I feel like there's going to be a lot of like little light bulbs flicking on. And, you know, I always see it, like we become illuminated, like we could become activated. These little, these little things in conversations that, as you said, one thing cracks you open, another thing cracks you open and This is such an important topic, I believe, because whether you call it God or not, when you are resisting spirit, when you are resisting creator, when you're resisting unconditional love, it's going to be a more isolated, alone, um, it, sort of insecure. Like, am I enough? And what am I doing? And like all of that uncertainty, I that's just been my experience anyways, when we're shut down to our source, and you said it beautifully, we life starts to wither away when we become too disconnected. And I love that analogy someone said along the line of the bucket of seawater, how if you go up to the ocean and take take a bucket of seawater and take it 10 feet from the shore. What do you have in the bucket? It's still seawater. It's got all of the same minerals as the ocean. You are still spirit, even though you appear separate, but it's when we actually take that seawater and then take it away. And it sits that all of the fungi or whatever's in it starts to die, the Mm. minerals. And then we actually become that dead version of ourselves because we're not connected to the sea anymore. So it's like, it's such a cool, way to think about that when we are connected to that creator energy, that is, I believe the state that we're sort of quote unquote meant to be in our home state where we feel that content and that love. So whatever you end up calling it through this episode or, you know, in your journey, whatever you end up calling it, it's that essence of that unconditional love, that creator energy that as you're saying, just like a parent loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. My kids speaking firsthand can be little shits. And it never changes their love. They can have selfish moments or tantrums or generous moments. Nothing makes me love them more or less. It's unconditional, right? It's unconditional. And that I really do believe, as you say, that that's the way we are as well.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And I, I've never heard that bucket example at the ocean. I love that. It's so accurate. And you're right. Like, we need to be connected to the source of life to be alive, spiritually, energetically, in all of the ways. And, uh, you know, I, I think also like God knows your heart and he knows where you are. And if it is way too triggering to connect with God as the word God, like that's okay. You don't have to call God, God to connect with God. For me, it was really powerful when I got to that place and was able to fully claim that and own it, but you don't need to start there. Uh, it's important to just start. And I think that, you know, the biggest, piece here. It's realizing that in whatever way you connect to God or spirit or source, or maybe you still say universe, that's totally fine. But realizing that, you know, God loves you back. This isn't just like an energy of unconditional love. This is relational. Whatever you choose to call God, uh, it has to be a journey of opening up to receive love. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that it can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people to, come to this truth that there is an unconditionally loving relational being who actually loves me uniquely and individually, because we're not used to receiving that much love. I mean, so many of us are at least speaking for myself. I used to be, and still am, can be uncomfortable receiving a compliment, right? Mm -hmm. So on compliments, I'm like, what? Oh no, like, no, yours is nicer, Mm -hmm. right? Like we want to push it back on the other person. We're so uncomfortable receiving even little forms of love, so receiving unconditional love can be actually really, really, really challenging and difficult to open up to. And so sometimes we push away the idea of any kind of God because of that. It's a lot easier to say, oh, there's a loving energy of the universe because we don't need to open up uh, mm. to receiving unconditional love if we're communing with the loving energy of the universe. So no matter what you call God, the most important piece is that you're beginning to open up to the concept that there is a relational higher power who uniquely loves you unconditionally uh, for exactly who and how you are right now without you having to change it all. That is the most important piece to begin to step into.
1: Mm, Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. That is so good. That relational piece. There's something in there I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to ponder because you're you're so right. It's this direct relationship. And I'm only starting to kind of just like I wouldn't say starting to get to know God, but this deeper relational piece, not so vague, not so just energy based. It is energy, but it's a very real presence as well. And I just love the way that you're saying that. I'm not even gonna try to uh butcher it because it's just it's perfect and it is that opening up. And as you said, like unconditionally love me, it's like, we have that unworthiness. It's like, well, God doesn't unconditionally love me because I did that thing. And I stole one time when I was a teenager and I lied and I, and it's like, no, no, it it is above and beyond that. And that Sort of resistance to unconditional love, our stuff comes up, our insecurities, yeah. our all you know, the stuff. Yeah. It's like no one would love me if they knew who I truly was. And it's like, no, no, he already knows who you are and he already loves you. And that can be like a lifetime um sort of assignment to open up to for some of us.
0: Yeah, because I mean, God already knows who you are, he knows your heart, but we also have free will. And if we hide away a part of us and we say this part of me isn't lovable, I'm not putting it on display. Mm. we're conditionally, you know, putting ourselves out there to receive love. And it's not that that part of you isn't fully loved, but you're not going to feel it until you choose to surrender it and bring it into the light to actually be loved. And so it is kind of up to us to begin to slowly allow those parts to be witnessed and seen. And uh, I think it's also important to remember that this journey to like receiving love from God or whatever you want to call it, if that doesn't resonate with you is not an overnight one. And I relate it to kind of like falling in love with someone that doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to first build safety and then trust and you start slowly and eventually it builds over time. And so expecting yourself to start and dive right in and feel all of this right away and feel so trusting and feel all of this love is, um, not realistic Sometimes God does work a miracle and we have a moment like I experienced where it just rushes in, but usually it's more of like this gradual building of a relationship, just like we would with another human being and expecting it to just be how we want it to be overnight uh, just isn't always realistic and kind of leads us to sometimes turn our backs on God again, because why don't I feel his love and everyone else does? And remembering Mm -hmm. that it's a journey and your walls are going to come down as you begin to build safety in your body and regulate your nervous system. And we can't move faster than our slowest part. We have to go at our body's pace. And depending on the amount of you know, build-up we have or trauma or pain stories, it can take time for those walls to come down. And so it's important to remember to be patient with yourself and realize that there is not a rush and God's not leaving and he's always going to be pursuing you and Uh, he knows what you're ready for and to just take your time with it and to be really careful not to compare your journey to the journeys of anyone else that you see online or around you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's true because you hear that, you know, God forgot about me, right? Like he's present in all these other people's lives and all these other people have this connection, but clearly not me. And kind of backing on what we are talking about a few minutes ago is like trying to, embody or really know that he never left or that God presence is always there with you. And it is when we kind of look for it to be a certain way that we start to feel like we're the ones forgotten. Um, and I just, that does not resonate with me. Meaning like, I don't think anybody is forgotten in any way. It's like unconditional love for all <laughs> you get unconditional love and you get <laughs> unconditional love. But like you said, sometimes we have been the ones to close our hearts. Um, Oh, this is all so good. So one thing I want to, you know, we're getting close to the end to wrap up, but one thing I really wanted to mention, it's gonna seem like a curveball for those listening, but you have recently gotten rid of your smartphone and, you know, changed your relationship with social media online. The thing I wanted to ask you about that is I think you had said, I don't know if it's changed or what's happened, but that you went got rid of your smartphone, went to a flip phone, um, you're on social media less. How has this impacted your relationship with God?
0: Mm, dramatically
1: (laughs) and how do you think social media distracts us i'd love to hear just your you know uh thoughts on that since doing this change
0: yeah i think nothing has changed my life more this year than my time period with my flip phone and i do have my smartphone back but i've actually uh turned it into basically to have the same capacity as a flip phone i've deleted almost every app like calculators gone weather's gone everything's gone but basic messaging um and uh, like maps and camera, and so I'm, you know, I'm barely on it. I, I don't use it very much, uh, and it's just it, the flip phone helped me to break the addiction I had to my phone. Because in the beginning, I would try to do this, but I would just re-download the apps. And with my flip phone in the beginning, I would. Uh, when I was bored, I would find myself reaching to my flip phone and opening it just to realize, wait, there is nothing I can distract <laughs> myself with on here. And it took me a couple of weeks to actually like stop doing that. So I needed to have that clean break with the flip phone to actually get rid of my addiction I had to my phone. It was much deeper than I realized it was. And now it's easy. And now I don't even reach for my phone when I'm bored because I know there's nothing on there. Uh, so yeah, it's it changed a lot. And I think that Before, it's like, I didn't realize it, but my phone was almost like the God in my life. It was my phone I went to first when I was sad. It was my phone I went to when I was distracted. It was my phone I turned to when I didn't have the answers. Like Google was there, or Mm. I would uh, scroll on Instagram when I was feeling stressed, or it was always my phone that I was turning to. And I realized I didn't even have moments of boredom in my life anymore, because when I was bored, I would reach my phone. And... I think that boredom is actually really healthy and it's in the moments of doing nothing that we become more present and it's in presence with life that we become present with God and I wasn't very present with life even in moments where I was watching a sense that I wasn't connecting with God I was wondering if I should take a photo and post it on my story later and it just it was taking over my life and my brain and I didn't realize it until I cut it off and suddenly it was like I had all of this spaciousness and The six weeks with my flip phone were the six weeks that my life began to change. It was like God began to really move in my life. And I think it was because I began to really connect with him without even trying as soon as I released my connection to my phone. And uh, yeah, without even trying to, I naturally felt closer to God because I think we naturally have this deep connection to God and it's, it's, it's innate within us. Uh, it's not something that we always need to be trying really hard. Like it's always going to be there. Sometimes we just need to remove the distractions, remove the clutter, remove the things that are siphoning our focus and our energy. And, uh, yeah, I would recommend it to everyone. Uh, I have been recommending it to everyone. It is, if you have any kind of addiction to your phone, like most of us do in the modern day, it is absolutely life-changing and, I think it created a lot of spacious, spaciousness in my life uh, for new ideas and desires and creativity to begin to flow through me because I was no longer so filled up with ideas from social media. And even though what the content I was taking was positive and like healing content, I didn't realize how much it was actually pulling me out of my truth, pulling me out of my heart because I was taking in more of other people's ideas and I was taking in my own
1: ideas or taking in God. Mm -hmm. And so that changed a lot. Mm -hmm. I love that. I thank you so much for touching on that because i i think that anything that distracts us from the present moment which is also where we feel god is going to impact our connection it's just like if every time i sat with my husband i was on my phone we would have less conversation we would have less moments if he was upset and i'm just like uh-huh uh-huh like i couldn't be there for him it's like it just would obviously be endless and people do this all the time it drives me nuts i think it's it's just, it it is what it is, but people at dinner tables, you know, in a restaurant, both of them are on their phones and people connecting, or you get together with friends you haven't seen in years, you know, especially since COVID. And then like people are sitting on their phones and it's like, (laughs) it's, it's half an experience. It feels like you're only not even half here. Um, But more what I was going to say is that I love to think of like space is synonymous with source. When you create space, you create room for God. You create room for spirit to come through. And as long as we have a phone that is our everything, there's no space because as soon as we are quote unquote bored, we're filling it because boredom is bad. Boredom is boring. But in that quote unquote boredom, there is space and there is spaciousness. And that is where spirit comes through for any of you that resonate with intuition. You don't get big intuitive downloads often while you're in the middle of a YouTube video or while you're scrolling, 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 it happens in the shower, it happens on your walk, it happens in your sunset, it happens in that moment of just like sipping your coffee and then, oh, yeah, you know, or feeling loved. If we're not creating space, then we're not leaving space for source. God doesn't yell louder than your Instagram reels that you're just, you know what I mean? So it. it I love that as well. I've been hearing that in your journey and when you started talking about it, I would notice times I'm driving and it's like, I just kind of almost go to reach for, I'm like, I'm, I'm driving. What am I going to do? Like, it's not mm. even like, oh, I should text that person. And, and all these times where it's automatic that I reach for my phone and even my own internal prompts and hearing your journey, there's been more and more where like, I leave my phone at home. I go for a walk. I go outside with the dog. I just don't bring my phone. And why, why would I anyway? But it's this habit we get into. It's filling any moment with more content. And I think that it takes the space of spirit is kind of yeah. what, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I
0: completely agree. It does. And when we create spaciousness, yeah, God gets to flow into more areas of our lives. Cause we basically, we open up, we give him permission to come in, uh, because you know, once again, we have free will. And if we're choosing to fill our space, our focus and our time with that, we're pushing God out. And something else about social media is that, uh, you know, even when you're taking in positive content, the format itself of the information you're taking in is teaching you something. It's not just the information itself, but it's, you know, everything moves so quickly. You're going from real to real. It's like, it's teaching our brains that life moves really quickly. Things are always changing and we're always behind. There's always someone ahead of us. It's teaching us so many things that Mm. aren't necessarily true uh, because if you think about God and the way he created, you know, you look at nature, God's creation, nature is never in a rush, But nature is always on time and always blooms. There is always abundance in nature, but nature always also has seasons of what looks like external scarcity. But then we look at social media and we see, no, everything's moving quickly. Life is changing so fast. People are always on an upward spiral. Some people are living in a life of only abundance all the time externally, and it's just not it's not the truth of how God created the world. And so when we're filling mm. our brains with that, we begin to experience all of our life as lack and as scarcity and as not enoughness. And we begin to experience as If my life isn't moving really quickly, something's wrong. And the reality is when I didn't see any of that for, you know, six weeks and even longer, I distant myself so much now it's, I don't see as much of it. I don't feel it's like 90% of my anxiety disappeared. I don't feel behind anymore. I'm not personally in a rush. It helped me to surrender Mm -hmm. and to really lean into God's timing. And I think that's a big reason why all of these miracles and blessings and manifestations began to show up within that time period of me having the flip phone, because it was like, I actually had this deep embodied surrender, not because I tried Mm -hmm. to surrender, but because nothing was programming my mind otherwise anymore. And it's natural for us. Actually, we're created to live in this slowness, to live in God's timing. It's not something we need to try to surrender to. It happens naturally when nothing is pulling us out of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, social media is a big part of what pulls us out of this slowness, this surrender, this trust in God's timing. Mm -hmm. So that was really big for me.
1: Yeah, that's huge. I love what you said. I just had like a, like a uh, inside. I don't know if my face did it, but <laughs> where like the highlight reel, right? We all know in the FOMO and all this stuff. And we're seeing all these people that are just always in abundance and always turquoise water vacations, blah, blah, blah that's not how God created life. Like that's not real. So we know that's not real. We know in our mind our conscious mind, like, Oh yeah, it's just the highlight reel. It's not showing their bad days, but actually when you go deeper and go like, that's not how God created life. So while we're sitting here looking at high, right, highlight reels, it's not good for our self-esteem and confidence, but it's also completely false from eternal truth. I don't even know if that makes sense. That's not life. So it's almost like we're distracting ourselves with something that's so not real and not God, not saying that God's not in everything and everyone, but that's not real life. If we put down our phone and walk and talk to our neighbors or go out in nature or travel and talk to people in different countries, that's real life. When we see people, you know, I've recently went to one, uh, a. like a conference with one of my mentors and stuff and seeing her in real life, seeing her physical face is like, Oh, you're real. You're off the pedestal because you're awesome and you're badass and you're like my height. And you know, it's, it's almost just kind of like you're real now. It's not a highlight reel anymore. That's real life. And so there's just this, almost this realization I'm happening of like, or I'm having of just, you're seeing yes, a false perception, but that's not the world that God created the one that God created, people have wrinkles. <laughs> people are, you know, not always perfect and polished, and everything is that highlight. It's just like it's just not real on all the levels. So thank yeah,
0: you it's it's <laughs> not, and it really gives us also this false perception of scarcity or lack because mm. you know we look at nature and. In winter, when the leaves fall off and there's no flowers, we don't say, wow, look at that scarcity. Look at that lack. Something must be wrong. We got to fix nature so that there's that,
1: more abundant. That tree is like off track.
0: <laughs> right. We don't say that. We just say, okay, like spring is around the corner. This is the preparation for that. Cool. Cool. Everything is right in the world, but when we experience that externally, when we're in a winter season, we're like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. Why is the abundance not flowing? Like, Why is my life not blooming and blossoming when what's really happening is, We're labeling it as lack, but it's not actually lack. It's just winter. It's just the cycles that God actually created. We're preparing and hibernating and spring is around the corner for us. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, Instagram shows us something else. And so then we begin to perceive seasons of our life that are actually just a season of abundance that doesn't look the same as what we think abundance is. We begin to perceive that as lack, as Mm -hmm. scarcity, as not enough. And so we're moving ourselves outside of the truth, outside of God, outside of love. And that is the problem with a lot of mainstream manifestation is we're starting from this place of Mm -hmm. seeing a season of of long-term abundance as lack and trying to fix that by manifesting more things that we want. And it's coming from this deep place of lack and we're not even realizing that, wait a second, I might actually still be existing with an abundance. I'm just not acknowledging the stage that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult to come back to these truths that our soul knows and to really come back to God when we're allowing ourselves to be programmed and conditioned. And when we're allowing, allowing our belief and our perception, our perception of the world to come from what we see on our phones. And you might even be conscious and be like, no, I know the truth, but we're so programmable. We might not even realize it, but you're still, your subconscious mind is still being programmed by what you see, even if you consciously think you know better. Mm. So, and it's the same thing with right religion, right? We show up and we think we know better, but if we go too often to a space that we know is not the truth, it will begin to seep into our subconscious. Mm. So it's really important to pay really good attention to what you're taking in and the spaces you're allowing yourself to be in dominantly um and if they're coming from god and love and truth or if they're coming from something else
1: yeah Oh my goodness. That's so powerful. I just kind of heard like when we're going through a winter and we're like, Oh, and then we're looking at other people's summer all day long or spring or whatever all day long. And even if you think of actual reels, you have a business, right? So they say, take like B-roll footage and put an inspiring quote over it. So that B-roll footage could have literally been from a year ago. So almost thinking like I'm showing my vacation that could have been six months ago in my spring or my winter or in my summer. And, but I'm showing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like we lose sense of if you saw trees only ever in spring and summer, then you would see a tree in the winter and go like, what? There's something wrong here. But it's like, no, you've just never seen that. So it's so funny how online you're constantly seeing the plus, the plus, the plus, the spring, the summer, the action, the abundance, the receiving, but that person posting it could actually be in a winter themselves or in a triggered time, but they're literally posting footage that was from six months ago on their abundant vacation or whatever. It's just so funny exactly. it's that illusion.
0: It's, it's such an illusion, and not only that, but some of that content looks like you know their internal summer, but it's not right. right. You can so easily put something out there that looks beautiful and it's perfectly curated, but your life is actually actually in shambles. And there's nothing wrong with your life being in shambles, but it's so easy to project whatever image you think will make you the most money. Mm. And, you know, but that works, right? Like people know what makes money. They know what images, what reels, they, they know what does well. They know what goes viral. And, it's not usually the real stuff. Sometimes the real stuff does, right? But but not always. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I feel right now I'm kind of figuring out this transition of where do I stand with my business and Instagram, because I feel so repulsed right now by even putting you know, content out there or sharing my life, even the good parts, because a lot of my life is really beautiful. But I've had the experience of people putting me on a pedestal to the point where when I share the real parts of my life, it's almost like it doesn't get through to them because they already have this perception of who I am in my life being so perfect
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: they pedestal me. And I notice this when I when I meet people and they don't even like see me as. A human who has these spaces of life, they see me as someone like, I need my life to be just like hers. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's not reality. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give people that impression. And I've also found that, you know, the beautiful parts of my life, I've, I I feel them so much more. I have such a larger capacity to experience joy when I don't share them online. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a piece of that joy. It's like, I don't even realize it, but a piece of that joy, I'm like waiting For the validation to come in. And when the validation comes in from that experience, then I feel a high. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm not doing that, I no longer getting this like dopamine rush from the validation. I'm more present and grounded in the experience itself. And I get filled up with more joy. And then I experience more of God. Mm -hmm. And so part of me is like, I don't know if I'm going to ever be ready to be sharing my life the way I did before, because it feels so much better now that I'm just present with it mm-hmm. and it's just me and God and I'm just fully just like penetrated by all of this joy and it's amazing it's mm-hmm. amazing the way life shifts when you're no longer sharing it um so still navigating that and what it's going to look like in the future but that's kind of where I am and realizing
1: that uh yeah life is a lot better when it's just me and God And I definitely struggle with that because so many people mentors are like, show your life, show your life, show your life, show your kids, show your this, show your date night, show your that. And I struggle because I have this deep feeling that as soon as I take out my phone and I was saying to my husband last night, I'm like, the best words I can describe is it cheapens the experience. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as I take out my phone, everyone goes like, okay. (laughs) And then they don't know if I'm going to put it on Instagram and tag them. And and it just feels like even when I go somewhere like this conference I was talking about, there was so many entrepreneurs and women I'd seen online and everyone's doing selfies. And it's totally fine because it is part of reliving the experience. Everyone's tagging each other. It's fun. But I walked away with like no pictures. And I was thinking like, it's because in any moment, even the speaker on stage, as soon as I take out my camera to do this, I feel like, I create that internal pressure for them to be like, okay, better make this Instagram worthy. And it's just better when I'm like listening to them, inspired, tears, and not worrying about documenting it and being like, see, I was here. I'm relevant, tag. But then sometimes I'm like, what do I post? Because I'm not taking as many pictures. So it is, I'm in there with you. Like just... Figuring out my place in in online world in the online world and how to authentically share without creating that fomo and that my life is so great. And that's why I, on the podcast and everywhere, I'm the first person to say like, this morning I was processing something and now I'm feeling great. But like yesterday I was all the moods and I try to be really, really upfront that walking this path and whatever else it's like, it's messy, just like your life. Like my life is messy, just like your life. Like internally it feels, you know, up and down sometimes and all that stuff like that is real life. So anyway, yeah, I definitely hear you in that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of this, um, for this conversation, for sharing vulnerably, for coming out and kind of bridging the gap between universe and God and discerning this. And really, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that really resonate and take something away from this. Um, Before I ask you just where people can connect with you, I will put all the links, but is there anything left that you wanted to share? And especially for people that are on this manifestation journey, but are starting to come into this something more, is there anything else that you feel that you want to say? Let's see.
0: Is there anything else I want to say? I think that if you're on a manifestation journey, um, there is nothing more powerful you can do for your manifestation journey than connecting with God. And also for people who, you know, get triggered by God or have any kind of negative religious experiences, it's important to remember that just because religion may have hurt you or abandoned you, you know, God never did. Um, And to just start there. yeah. Yeah. that's all.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love that. I feel that taking that in. So thank you. And where can people connect with you if they clearly Instagram, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but where can, where can people find you um, if they want to connect further?
0: I do still have my Instagram. I'm just currently not actively sharing on it, but it's at pursuit of bliss with an underscore after it. Um, and I am still checking, you know, my DMS on there every few days. So you can reach out to me on there. I have a podcast pursuit of List podcast, which is also on pause. Uh, but I've got hundreds of episodes on there and you can hear all about my journey with God. It goes really in depth. All the episodes in the last year, year and a half or so are really good resources. Um, I also have a couple courses if you want to move through religious trauma, if you want to build a relationship with God and move to this internal state of magnetism. I've got a course called Magnetic specifically for that that goes really, really deep. I've got a course called Rich, which is kind of, um, you know, the abundance course, but coming from a God-centered place. And I do one-on-one coaching as well. So all the things you can reach out if you have questions about that, they're also on my website, just pursuit Uh, So lots of ways to connect with me.
1: Nice. Thank you so much, Kristen. And I will put, as I said, everything in the show notes so you can connect, highly recommend the podcast and, you know, um, I'm sure your courses are just incredible because know not only just your voice and the way you describe things you have such a grounded way and compassionate way of describing and authentic you know really sharing um and this conversation is just so important so i highly recommend if you know if this content and this topic has been interesting to you to check out her courses and podcasts because it is really important and i think it is so much of the key of where we're all going. You know, they say we're going through this consciousness awakening as an earth. And I think that we're just moving back into this God realized place. And so all of us flicking on our lights, you know, whatever you call it, it's connecting that's important and finding that. So thank you so much for doing what you do and sharing your message today. It's been amazing. Of course. And thank you so much for having me. I love that conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on the awakening her podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between me and my guest. And if you did, we would love to hear from you. Come find us on Instagram. All the links are below in the show notes. Take a screenshot that you're listening to this episode, sharing your takeaways or your enthusiasm for the show. Tag us both over on Instagram. And if you do that, I will send you a free gift. I really do hope you enjoyed this conversation and I will see you in the next episode.